Hello, everyone. Really quickly before we get started today, I wanted to go ahead and take care of the business up front. We have for you a very, very special Christmas-themed episode today from Make Believe Heroes. You're not going to see your usual cast and crew today. Instead, we have a few guests to join us at the table. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. I had a blast recording this, and I can't wait for you to hear it. But before you do, just a couple things to knock out of the way. First of all, I hope that everyone is having a great holiday season. I hope that you're having a chance to spend time with family and friends and maybe even squeeze in some dice rolling, some gaming. I know that we're going to be playing this week. We always try to get some D&D in during the Christmas time. So I hope that's going awesome for you all. And thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting us, for making this last year possible. We're so excited. We're so thankful for all that you do for us, for supporting the show, for listening. And we just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. This week, you're getting an hour and a half Christmas special in the place of a regular episode. And then next week, we won't be releasing episode 10. We're going to be putting a little something else together for next week, and hopefully you'll enjoy that as well. But don't worry, the first Monday in January, you'll get the next episode of season two, which we're having a blast so far, and I can't wait to get that out to you. As usual, if you want to support the show, you can help us out by supporting our friends, our friends like DiceEnvy.com, who sell amazing dice. You should go use the code HEROES to get 10% off. Or you can go to BattleBards.com using the code MBHPODCAST to get 15% off of your BattleBards Prime subscription. And of course, you can write us a five-star review, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and just keep in touch. We've gotten some very encouraging and amazing letters from you guys. And I just want to say how much we love you and are thankful for you every day. Hope that you have a Merry Christmas. And with no further ado, how about a little something festive? Hello, Paul. Hello. How was your day? Swell. I wish my day was swell. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't? It wasn't swell? No, it was terrible. I see. Okay. We had this old dude and he made us do boring work. (laughs) (laughs) But Levi, Levi, it's almost Christmas. You have to be happy. Uh, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Okay. That works. And welcome to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure. I'm your host and Dungeon Master, Paul. But today we're doing something a little different if you haven't noticed some strange squeaky voices in the intro there, perhaps, maybe. I'm joined by three friends of mine today who are going to play some D&D as a special Make Believe Heroes Christmas edition. Why don't you guys go around the table and introduce yourselves from my left. Okay, my name's Haley. <laughs> my name's Landon, and I'm Levi. And that is Levi. So I've got Haley, Landon, and Levi with me. Uh, how old are you guys? 13. 13. Levi, you're 12. I'm 12. Landon, are you 10? Yes. Okay, so we're going to play some Christmas-themed Dungeons & Dragons. Is this the first time that you guys have played D&D? No, we played no. it a few weeks ago. No. You did. We played once together not too long ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it was very fun. So we're learning together, and uh, today... We're just going to kind of drop into it, all right? So let me set 
the scene for you. Tell you where we are. We are playing with a little bit of a different setup, four mics around the table and all of that. So if the audio is a little different than usual, just forgive us and enjoy the game. So this is set in the world that I've made called Manumi. In Manumi, there is a city far to the north in the icy mountains called Dimmerhold, okay? Dimmerhold, exactly, is, it's silly, right? So if you were to go far north to Dimmerhold, which is a large underground dwarven city, it's a very, very beautiful place. But if you were to travel to that city and you were to, instead of going into Dimmerhold, inside the mountains, you take a right. You go down along the eastern road in front of the mountains through the north, and eventually you would drive your cart along this path between two large icy capped peaks. This road would bring you alongside a small valley between the mountains. And as you are coming along this path, if you were to look down into this valley, you would see that there is a quaint little village. So have you guys ever seen some of those like wintry Christmas paintings and it's like a village with snow all over the roofs? And... I've seen it yes. on Fortnite and it's called Happy Hamlet. Yeah, kind of like that, right? <laughs> it's a pretty snowy environment. It's beautiful. That's kind of what it's like. It's like a backdrop of just snow. It's beautiful. And that's where you guys are. You're in this town. And this town is called Kurtza Village. Kurtzy. Can you say Kurtza? Kurtza. Kurtza, not Kurtzy, right? Kurtzy. Although <laughs> the village of Kurtza is a small village off kind of in the wilderness here in the mountains. But it's beautiful. As you travel through, you can see a number of small houses and buildings topped with glittering white snow. And fires are lit in every house in the fireplace in the small town of Kurtza village. And it's approaching a little something that they have every year called the Festival of Candle Bells. Candle Bells is basically Christmas for Monumi. Obviously, Christ and all those things don't exist in this world, so they have a different sort of festival called Candle Bells. That's what they call it. Kurtza Village is just far enough away from the city that the people that live there can live a quiet life, but they're just close enough they can have any help they need. And while there's plenty of dwarves that live there because the dwarves love the mountains, this place is actually a sort of snowy paradise for races of all kind. There are humans, elves, dwarves, gnomes, halflings. There's even a tiefling there that lives and sells fireworks. And they all work together to keep the village going. And around this time of year, around the time of candle bells, everybody stops working. They take a few days and everyone just sort of gets together and celebrates that time of year. They exchange gifts. They eat a lot of festive foods and they have parties. And it's just a really happy and good time. In the center of the village, past all the comfy homes, the marketplace, past the unmarked temple, there is an inn. Kind of like a hotel. And on the front door of this inn, there's a sign, and it has stars on the top of it, and under it, it says Northern Nights. Like the Northern Nights. Like the Northern Lights. Ooh. But it's nights because it's an inn. You get it? Because you spend the night there. <laughs> exactly. You're so, going to see the lights inside exactly. in the Northern Nights. And as you're, if you were to walk by the Northern Nights Inn, you would see that from outside the windows, passersby can hear music humming through the walls. Ooh. Let's step inside the door, shall we? No. Sure. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm scared. Inside, the jovial tunes and warm moods of candle bells is intoxicating. People are drinking festive cider, dancing to traditional music, cheering one another on as they play their favorite games like they did in childhood. And it feels almost like a family gathered inside the Northern Nights Inn. But just like all family gatherings, 
there's usually one sort of group or a few that sit off by themselves. And toward the back of the end, there is a little trio of people sitting at a table. They're looking around. They're drinking some cider or eggnog or whatever. Maybe we'll see here in just a second. But they're kind of keeping to themselves a little bit right now and just sort of watching everyone else kind of looking like, hmm, kind of curious about what's going on. There is a gnome. There is an elf. Oh, it's us. And there is a Goliath, large, tall, towering figure. So, sitting at the table are you three. So, starting with you, Levi, why don't you tell me something about your character? What's his name? Frederick III. Frederick III. And Frederick is what? What is he? Goliath Barbarian. He's a Goliath. So, Goliaths are seven-foot-tall, gray-skinned. They're almost like stone-type people. And a barbarian is like a wild, crazy fighter, right? He Doesn't he have a great axe? He has one great axe, two hand axes, a javelin, and a unarmed strike. That just means punching someone. So he's got a lot of weapons. Looks like a real tough guy, right? What does he look like? He has blonde hair. Okay. What's he wearing? I don't want to say rags, but like his clothes are look like they've been cut up at the bottom. Okay. Kind of like that. No shirt, and okay. it has on, and he like has a leather on. strap that he hangs yeah. his axe on. Okay, cool. Is he uh, eating anything or drinking any eggnog or cider or stuff like that? I want to make him goofy. Okay, that's like fine. he's drinking eggnog mm-hmm. and he's eating a chicken. And his name is Frederick the Third. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Chicken leg, maybe not in this area. Probably more likely a turkey leg, like a big oh, turkey yeah. leg, like a giant one. I right? didn't know if they had that. I was oh, gonna... no. Anything you want. They got it. Well, maybe not anything you want, but a turkey leg, sure. So he's chewing on a big old what turkey leg. What kind of, yeah, just like a giant turkey leg. Okay. Or All right. they have like big kind of mutant birds. I don't know. Maybe. Giant birds. Maybe it's the biggest turkey leg that Frederick has ever seen. Then he'd be crying over it. <laughs> he's weeping. Because he's an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) So, Landon. Who's your character, Landon? Grendel Tamarang. Grendel. So, what's Grendel doing at the table? What do you think he likes? He wants some soup? Uh, Well, I mean, he's going to be eating soup. He's a tiny gnome. Okay. So, what kind of soup do you think? Chili? Chicken noodle soup. Okay, so we've got noodle turkey noodle soup. <laughs> some turkey noodle soup over there. Does uh, <laughs> Grindel like eggnog, cider, hot chocolate? Cider. Cider, okay. okay so Grindel's sipping cider. some cider and eating some soup. What's he wearing? Um, Since he's a gnome, I would say like red and green. Okay, red and green because it's candle bells, right? The yeah. candle bells colors. So what sort of person is he? He's a gnome what? What class? The wizard. wizard. He's a wizard. Okay, so we got a little gnome wizard over there sipping some soup and some cider. You got this gigantic seven foot tall Goliath over here gnawing on a turkey leg. <laughs> so, uh, Haley, what's your character's name? Revelyn Fenglade. Okay, but you go by Finn for short? Yes, Finn. Okay, so what's Finn wearing? Light brown armor. Okay. And like short pants. Okay, and she's a druid, right? Yes. Oh. Okay, so what would you be having for supper? I would be having nothing. Nothing. Okay, that makes sense. Maybe since she's a druid, she doesn't eat meat, you know, because she loves animals so much. And so maybe she's kind of like, eh, I don't really want any of this turkey business going on over here. You know what I'm saying? Like a nice salad. Very serious person. Yes, I see. I hate you. Why are you eating my fellow brethren? (laughs) What is wrong with you? Ben's very intense and serious. Okay, so the three of you are sitting around, and you've been called here. You were actually sent a letter. 
uh, summoned to come here and help out with an issue they're having in the town. And you don't really know what it is. You just know that someone from the town is supposed to be coming here to meet you guys, right? So you're sitting there, you're sipping your soup. Everyone's playing games and singing songs and doing things around you. And after a while, uh, an older man, a gray-haired, bearded man, comes walking up. He's wearing sort of looks like Gandalf. Uh, maybe not that long. Um, he stands up pretty straight. He's got a beard, you know, a shortish beard, probably just a little bit longer than than my real beard. He's Santa Claus. No, he's a thin guy. He's very thin. Uh, he's got a cane that he's walking with. Santa Claus last week. And he's wearing some very nice clothes, like very, (laughs) very. They look like expensive, like a black shirt and gray pants with like silver lining. You're all sitting there, and this gentleman comes walking up. He's got his cane, and he says, Oh, hello. Are you the three that I've summoned here to help me in the town? Yes, 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 we, we are. are. Oh, my name is Nicholas. I am the mayor of Kurtza Village. I'm glad to see that you all made it. I, we sent out plenty of summons, at least six or seven, but it would appear that uh, you three might be the only strangers in town this time of year. It is candle bells, after all. I know everyone likes to spend time with family, so thank you for making the trip. You're welcome. It's been very fun so far. Oh, has it? Have you been... Uh, I see you're enjoying a turkey leg there. Is that? Is it good? Is it to your liking? It's the biggest turkey leg I've ever seen in my life. The biggest turkey leg you've ever seen? Well, we do pride ourselves in our food. Like I said, my name is Nicholas, and uh, what are your names? I, I assume that you must be Frederick III. Uh, yes, your reputation precedes you. And let me see if I can guess. Uh, Finn. Yes. And, uh, hmm, let's see. We sent one to a gnome. What was Don't tell me, don't tell me. Is it Trindle? No. Findle? No. Brindle. No. Grindle. Yes. Oh, yes, I knew it. I, I knew it. First, first try. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Keep thinking, old man. Oh, well, I'm not, I'm not that old. I mean, you look it. <laughs> my goodness. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm sorry, that was me. No, it's 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 quite all right. You know, I can I can take a good joke. Um, it wasn't a joke, but. Jo- <laughs> <laughs> So how, um, all right, why don't we, uh, let's talk about business, shall we? Let's, let's talk about business. Uh, I've invited you all here for a very specific reason. You all, of course, are familiar with the Festival of Candle Bells, right? Yes, sir. Yes. It's the best festival and holiday of all the year, right? And this time of year, we all celebrate. And do you all know the legend of the Candle King? No. No, I've never heard of it. Never heard of the Candle King? Well, I I didn't know if it had quite reached everywhere else just yet. The Candle King is actually, uh, well, I'll tell you what. See a giant candle (laughs) that has arms and legs that goes around giving gifts to everyone. He's not, um, but... (laughs) Sounds like it. If if you'll give me a second, I'll tell you what he is. (laughs) I'm not a very patient person. I've noticed that just a little bit, but okay, anyhow, let me tell the story. So... (laughs) The Candle King visits the children of Kurtzer Village each year around this time of year for about a week, sometimes a little more, a little less, depending on, well, how nice or naughty the children have been. Does he, um, does he give y'all presents like he does in America? America? Where is this strange land called America? Is this a place? It's a far, far away from here. Oh, I see. Okay, well, I don't know it. Perhaps... It's in a galaxy right. far, far away. <laughs> <laughs> we had to travel a long time. <laughs> yeah. In a galaxy far away. The Candle King, well, each night during the... 
the days of candle bells, the families of our village will light a candle, they'll place it in the window, and they'll leave their door unlocked and leave it cracked just a smidge, put a little cake there to hold the door open, to invite the candle king cake? in. Yes, and he comes and he eats their cake. Off and the floor. No, it's, it's it's not directly on the floor. It's on a little saucer on the floor. Please. <laughs> You need please. to be more specific. All right, I'll try. You, you're right, I'll try. Anyhow, he I leaves a little... I know you're old, but that's no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> he leaves a little cake there, and the candle king comes, and he snuffs out the candle, he eats the cake, and he leaves gifts for the children. Let me just cut right to the chase. Over the last few weeks, the children in Kurtza have been putting a candle in the window and leaving the door open, and uh, unfortunately, some sort of imposter has been sneaking into the homes of our families, dressed as the Candle King, and stealing from them, taking their gold or taking different precious items. And um, we're a pretty peaceful folk here, and we don't really have many adventurers coming this way, so we invited you to come because we would like for you all, if you can, to, to capture this Candle King imposter. Capture him and bring him to us, and perhaps we can bring him to justice. Do you believe that the three of you are... Are you going to kill him? No. Goodness. Is that how they do things in this America you speak of? It's America. America, sorry. Uh, Forgive me. Either they go to jail or they put you to death. (laughs) My goodness, that is quite (laughs) intensive. (laughs) No, that was in the old America. Sorry. Okay. Oh, well, uh, sometimes we have to, you know, go to war and things, but no, no. Anyhow, do you, do you believe that the three of you could help us in this matter? Could you perhaps stake out tonight, watch over the homes, and catch this imposter, Candle King? I feel like we could. You think so? I will turn into an eagle and fly o- over and watch. Oh, goodness, that sounds very intense. I'm going to shove an axe through his head. My no. goodness. <laughs> Just like I did this turkey. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that intense. We're very intense. <laughs> okay. No. Well, well, he's not because he's a gnome, but me and her are. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah, he trips over his cape sometimes. I see. Well, I would honestly prefer that you didn't kill him, but, you know, just capture him. But If he does anything that we don't like, you know, we might have to just put him to death because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. I tell you what, I've I've secured the three of you a room here in the Northern Nights, and, you know, it's free of charge. We'll cover the food, we'll cover the room. Please enjoy yourselves in it. As everyone does settle in for the night, if you wouldn't mind to patrol the city and perhaps... Find the Candle King? Well, the imposter Candle King, the fake. Oh, right, I forgot. Yeah, he's, the, he's a liar and a thief, so capture him and we'll pay you quite handsomely. Okay. <laughs> Are we... do we have a deal? Yes. 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 All right. Well, I am going to go and see my family for the night. It is uh, candle bells after all. So, uh, thank you all for your service, and I'll check in with you in the morning. Uh, if you do capture him and you would like to, you can actually bring him uh, just down the street on the left. You can see there is the city hall of the village of Kurtz, and we have a small sort of cell. We could place him in there. So, just bring him there, and we'll we'll put him away. So. But how do we tell the difference between the real one and the fake one? The real one is, it's just a story they tell children, you know, it's its its not a real sort of candle king. Typically the parents just, you know, put out gifts 
he's, he's not real. You don't have to worry about that. If you see someone dressed as the Candle King sneaking into people's homes, all What does this? You never told us what the Candle King looks um, The Candle King? Can, I said candy. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, he's... <laughs> candle. He's, candy King. He's usually depicted as a tall man wearing gold and silver robes, a long beard. So it's basically and, just like a souped-up Santa Claus. Again, I don't know who the Santa Claus he's is. He's this guy who wears a... A real, like a red sort of coat. Okay. He wears a black belt with a golden kind of buckle. He wears black boots. Okay. All right. Red pants. So, I mean, well, the Candle King is more like gold and silver. White beard and a red hat. He's usually got a big... A more wealthy Santa Claus. Okay, all right. Well, Santa Claus should be wealthy. If you you see a strange man wearing gold and silver robes sneaking into homes and lighting out the candles, he's probably him. So if you all... Please excuse me, I do have some business to take care of. I will check in with you in the morning. And he turns on his foot and he walks out the front door of... Good night. He just kind of throws a hand up, waves as he closes the door behind him. You all are there in the inn. You finish your turkey leg, your soup. And she just sits there. You just finish being angry about the fact that they're eating animals. Oh, yeah. You were eating turkey, chick, turkey, 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 not turkey, 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 so after a while, you guys, you know, you spend some time there, you finish your meals, you get some rest, and everything starts to finally wind down late into the night, and you all put some things away in your rooms, and you step outside into the street. How would you all like to go about trying to catch this imposter? Oh, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. Here's what we're going to do. I'm in charge. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should split up. You guys talk together as your characters. You don't all have to do the same thing. You can split up. You can try different ways to catch him. So. I'm going to set up a, like, a hunting trap in the woods just in case he tries to run through the woods behind the city. Well, you're in the middle of the village. There's not really any woods around. You're in the mountains. So oh, you, then yeah. I'll, set, I'll set one around gnome. Go, go search into people's houses. No, you have to have a warrant to do that. <laughs> oh, wait, I forgot. This is in America. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot. We can't just go, we can't go breaking around into people's houses. That's true. Um, yeah, so the like best that's thing. That's not rational. Well, we're not stealing anything like this Candle King. People will think we're the Candle King imposter. We're not going to be dressed up as the Candle King. So Frederick is going to set up a hunting trap and try to catch him, right? Is it like a bear trap that hurts someone or is it the kind that just like ties, on, ties oh, their legs up? I know what it up? is. I know what it is. What is it? I want it to be one of them that you dig a really big hole. Okay. Then you lay kind of a bed of leaves over it, and then you cover it back in snow. Okay, that's fine. So you're going to be working on a pit trap, okay? What are you going to be doing, Finn? I'm going to fly inside Okay. You're not looking. Look for the Candle King. Okay, so as a druid, you have a thing that's called wild shape, all right? So you are a circle of the moon druid. So what that means is you have two or three. I'll have to double check here just to make sure. But you have a few of these animal shapes that you can use. So you have, dude, I'm trying to see exactly how many you have for a day. You either have two or three. I'll double check here in a second. Two, there they are. So what that means is if you turn into a wild shape right now and then you turn back into an elf, you're only going to have one more today. That's fine, okay? I'm just letting you know that, okay? That means you have to sleep, or do you have to take a short rest again? Well, a short rest is only like a half-hour rest. You still have that thing like last time where you can only use three spells? 
She's got a lot more than that right now, and so does Landon. I mean, like, you can only use three spells per day in the game. Yeah, but it's a lot more than three now, because you are level six. So, y'all can be looking over that. So, you turn into, an, like, an eagle, okay? Yeah. And you want to fly over, and you're just trying to keep an eye out for someone. So, what about Grendel? Are you going to do kind of like Finn was suggesting and just go around and try to spot someone on the street, or how do you want to do it? Yeah, I want to, like, go around, see if I can find him, and see what I can do. Okay, so you're just going to walk around. Here's what I want to do then. I want Levi, since you were the first one, I want you to make me a survival check. So take your D20. It's a 17. Okay, so you got a 17. So you're going to add your survival to that. So look on your character sheet, and there in the middle you can see the stats. It should say uh, survival. There's a list of abilities, skills. See it on the left there? Four, so 17. So 21. Yeah. Okay, so that's a 21 on your survival check. So that's pretty good. So with a 21, you make a very good pit trap. And since there's no leaves or anything around, but there is a lot of snow, you take like your bedroll. You mentioned your bedroll, right? So you take your bedroll and you pin it just enough with some staves that you can hold it down and you cover it in snow. And you set it in one of the more populated streets where there's a lot of houses, okay? And then you what? You're going to hide How and try to watch? How big is the pit trap? Big enough to hold a human person a normal human person okay so you've got your pit trap and you're gonna watch over that so let's see finn why don't you roll me a perception check which one roll me a d20 and you're going to add your perception to that and since you're in eagle form i'm gonna give you advantage on it okay so that means you're gonna roll it twice and take the better roll nine okay roll it again 17 okay 17 plus your perception and your perception is a plus seven so that is 24. All right. So you are flying over the town, and man, you can see everything very clear. The moon is bright ahead, and the snow just makes it very white and clear, and you can see fantastically. And you've got a good watch on this city. Grendel, what are you doing? You're walking around. You're looking for things. Let's see. Uh, why don't you cast me a spell, Grendel? You should have a first-level spell called Detect Magic. So what that does is when you cast it, it helps you sense if anyone does anything magical around you, okay? Okay. And since you're a wizard, you know, that's sort of your forte, that's your specialty. So you can cast Detect Magic, and that will help you notice if anything strange is going on. Okay. Why don't you cast me, why don't you roll me, I should say, an Arcana check? Uh, is that D20? It is. 19. And your Arcana is a plus 7, so that is a 26, so that's even better. So, Frederick, you are watching your street, and you've got your pit trap set up, and you are just you just think, man, if he comes down through here... He's he, dead. He's down. He, not dead, he's just going to be trapped. You're just going to catch him, right? It's not like five feet deep, is it? Eh, Probably-ish, but there's no spikes at the bottom of it or anything. It's not going to kill him, it's just going to mm, catch him. Maybe. So, you're watching, you're watching, everything's going swell. Ben, you're flying over, and you think you see some movement around a certain street, okay? So, do you swoop down to check it out? <laughs> okay, so you swoop down that way, and you're looking, you're looking. You could have swore you saw something moving over here, but now you're flying along, you don't notice anything. You don't see anything. But you do notice one thing, that all these houses, the candles are snuffed out on the street. And the guy told you that the, the way they do it is, each home, each town, they set up the candles... When the Candle King would come and visit, he would eat the cakes, leave some gifts, and he would snuff out the candles. So you think, something's going on. Someone's been here. So you fly past that street, and you turn, you take a left, and you're flying over another. And you could have swore you just saw another candle go out. 
all right? Now, what you don't know is this is the same street that Frederick has set his trap in, okay? Now, Frederick's watching. He's kind of, you know, just thinking about that turkey leg. He's thinking about everything. And then, let's see, Grendel. Do you use a wand, Grendel? Uh, yes. Okay, so you've got your wand out. You've cast a tech magic. You're walking around. And suddenly you get a little ping. Hmm. Almost like it seemed like maybe someone was casting a spell about a street over from where you are. So you take off that way. Do you just take off at a run? Are you trying to be sneaky? Trying to be sneaky. Okay, roll me a stealth check. Brandon loves being sneaky. He got a six. All right, your stealth is a plus five. Mm. Okay, so you got an 11 altogether. So you're trying to sneak along, sneak along. You come around the corner. You're walking, and you're just kind of hugging the wall, and you're walking down the street. And you sense this magical presence up ahead. So, Finn, when you think that you've seen someone, you thought you saw a candle snuff out, what do you do? I go toward the house. Okay, so you swoop down. You can land on that house as a bird. Do you stay as a bird? What do you do? I turn back into the elf. Okay, so you turn back into your normal form. Yes. Okay, do you climb down? What are you doing? I climb down and try to sneak into the house. Okay, so you're going to try and sneak into the house. All right. Frederick, roll me a perception check. 19. So 19 plus your perception. Your perception's pretty good. It's a plus four. That's a 23. So you notice with a 19, it's a really good roll. You're watching, you're watching, and you haven't zoned out or anything. You notice something. There's a guy coming. You notice that candle went out in that house right there in front of where your strap is. You also notice that there is an elf climbing down the front of the house. And it's it's you. It's Finn. And Finn just is climbing down the side of the wall. And you see that Grendel is walking up through the street toward the house. You also notice that if he doesn't stop... He's going to go on my track. He's going to fall right into but your you don't want, But I don't want to yell at him because if I do, then the Candle King's going to find out. So what do you do? He's going to run away. Okay. Maybe if I do, like, hand signals, I could be like... Okay, so you're over there making hand signals, trying to get his attention. Grindle, go ahead and make me a perception check. Four. You do not see it, Grindle. Okay. <laughs> Grindle, you're walking forward, and suddenly you feel your feet slip out from under you. And you fall into a snowy pit, and you take... It's not my fault. ...two damage from the fall. What? So, Grendel just fell into the thing, Finn. Right as you step down, you see that Grendel has fallen. He slips into the pit, and you hear a shuffling inside the house. I go inside the house. You also see that uh, Frederick is right over there. Frederick, now that he's fallen in the pit, what do you do? Maybe I kind of sneak up. <laughs> Wait, I'm not sneaky. I'm a giant, like, seven-foot person. Okay, you, you walk forward cautiously, trying to be quiet and sneaky, but you're seven-foot tall. I pull out both of my hand axes just in case. Okay, you pull out your hand axes. You're walking forward. Finn, you open the door, and you go to step inside, and you see someone standing there, a figure with his back turned to you. And he's wearing a gold and silver robe that's long, dragging his feet. He looks like he's pretty tall, about 6'5". He's a pretty tall guy, uh, and he has a bag and it looks like he is holding in his hand what looks like some sort of a like a decoration in his hand. Looks like maybe he's about to stick it into his bag. What do you do? I try to sneak up on him and catch him. Okay, so you want to grab him? You want to attack him? What do you want to do? You want to try him. and grab him? Okay, so you're going to make what's called a grapple check. All right? So go ahead and roll me a d20, and we'll, this will be a stealth check. Nine. Okay, now go ahead and roll me a grapple check. So roll me another d20, and you can add your strength to it. 18. Okay, plus one, your strength is a plus one. Okay, so you got a 19. And he, what he's going to happen is he's going to make a check to see if he can beat that. So you're walking toward him, you're sneaking, and then suddenly 
You step on a board and it goes, and he goes, oh, and turns around and faces you and you see a long white beard and you just lunge and grab him, okay? And when you grab him, he goes to step back and he trips and you trip onto him and you do get your arms around his neck like you're going to try and grapple him, but he slams onto the ground and you on top of him. And, you know, you've knocked people over, but uh, when you hit the ground, it's like a boom, like a very, very loud boom, weird, almost like he's very, very heavy. It's kind of freaked you out, okay? But you still got a grapple on him. Okay, you two hear this loud, resounding boom from inside the house. What do you do? I go inside and I try to help her because I'm okay. like really strong. Well, just real quickly, your buddy is like down in a pit. Oh, wait. So- I get him, <laughs> I pull him up, and then we go inside. Okay, so you run over, you grab Grendel, and you yank him up by his collar? Actually, no. I want to be a little more gentle. <laughs> okay. I don't want to hurt my teammate. What do you say, Grendel? You could have warned me first. (laughs) I tried to, but it's like talking to a rock. You're just sitting there like staring at the ground, just like, oh my gosh, there's so much snow. And you fall into it. (laughs) Now I don't have a bed tonight. Are you like still carrying Grindel or do you set him down? I set him on my shoulder. (laughs) You've got Grindel sitting on your shoulder. You duck into this house and run in in time to see Finn as she's on top of this big candle king guy trying to wrestle him down. What are you doing? Unhand me! What do you do? I say, unhand her, you fiend. Okay. I run up and I pick him up by his collar. Okay, so you run up to grab him, okay? So she's got an arm on him, you run up and you grab him, and, you know, being as strong as you are, you reach down, you grab a hold of both of them, and you lift them both up, and they're just kind of tangled up in arms and legs, just kind of wrestling, trying to get free. And at that moment... As you pick them up, it's like you've got a hold of his robe, but there's the man there all of a sudden, and he's wrestling, he's he's doing something, and you see him just kind of reach up and grab his nose, (laughs) and then he disappears. He goes up the chimney. He's a wizard! (laughs) And when he disappears, you guys hear this rumbling sound. You guys don't have a chance to see because suddenly the floor and everything starts to rumble and shake and the things on the walls, the candles all snuff out. The things on the walls start rattling and things just go nuts. And all of a sudden the walls just fall back like it's just a box opening up and everything is shaking and rocking and you guys are tossed around on the ground. Everything's rumbling. It's like an earthquake. Does the roof fall on us? It doesn't. It falls out. Everything just folds out almost like a diorama and you're looking around and it's like it's sinking into the snow. It's like snowy quicksand all around you and the village is sinking into this swirling snow. Uh Uh-oh. What did we do? You guys are sinking with it. And then after a few moments, it all stops. What do you do? You're covered in snow. What, what would you do if you were completely buried in snow? Lift up. You try to basically <laughs> swim up out of it, well, right? If it were, if we were like, like how much snow? Is it like a foot? You don't know. You just know that you're covered in it. Oh. Well, then I would try to scoop it away. I'd right. use my arms to climb it. I would right. eat it. Push myself up. <laughs> 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 no one landed. No one landing. He would actually eat it. He does it in real life. Don't eat yellow snow. (laughs) Oh, gross. (laughs) Don't eat the yellow snow. You're all trying to push out or lift out. and It's just a frozen free lemonade from the gas station. Frederick, Frederick, since you're you're the biggest and the tallest, you're the first one that feels your arms break free of the snow above you, and you're able to pack it down and pull yourself up. I try to get them two out next. 
you pull up you can see them trying to get out you pull yourself up on top of the snow and it's weird because i mean you're down in it and you know how snow is you can't walk on top of it but once you get up out of it it's like the ground forms beneath it again and you're able to walk on it and you go over and you can see finn her arms are out and she's trying to pull herself up and you can grab her hands and pull her up and then you hear this you know of grendel over there <laughs> trying to eat his way up out of the snow his way out of, <laughs> he's just freaking out drowning in snow <laughs> well, love being a little character. okay you go over there and you see his hand come up and you reach down and you pull him up out of the snow as well Okay, so now you all are back up out of the snow. You're very cold, but now you're not sinking in it anymore. And you look around, and you're in like a snowy, barren wasteland. You're no longer in the valley. There's no village around you. There's no houses. There's no northern nights in, no warm fire and hot apple cider, no turkey legs. You're just in a giant field of snow. But there's only one thing that stands out to you immediately. Off about, I don't know, 100, 200 yards away to the north, there's a light. It's a lamp, like a tall lantern. And it looks like it's standing tall, and there's, you know, like a glass lantern like you've seen, you know, hanging down, and there's a candle lit in it. And you can see off in the distance past it, there's another one. And then there's another one, and you see that the ground comes to an incline and then leads up a winding pathway going left and right and swerving high up toward a gigantic tower, a huge white tower. And this tower is lined and rowed with just swirls and swirls of gigantic candles lit all the way up the sides Whoa, of this tower. It's the Candle King Castle. It's like a big giant tower swirled and swirled is with candles. Is it a candles. shrine for the, can- for the, ca- the candle live king? the candle king. Exactly. So you all see this giant candle-like tower off in the distance with these candle lanterns leading a pathway, twisting and turning up toward it. That's all you see around you. What do you do? Walk along the pathway. Wait, Hallie, you have us. your spells back. You could turn into a bird and scout out. So you guys can talk to each other as your characters to discuss what you think you should do. And also the fact that you all just got sucked into some sort of weird snowy vortex. All of a sudden, all of the ground just turned into like this giant snowy kind of, I don't know. Where did the village go? I think it might have folded and sunk into the snow. Because that's what it looked like whenever I got out. Where are all the people? They probably sunk down with it. Uh, Rindle's not much of a talker, apparently. <laughs> He's a silent I honestly gnome. don't know, but I think we should go through the tower and search it and see what we can find. Any evidence of what happened? Ooh, maybe it's the controller of all the snow. And he made all the snow turn into a vortex because he didn't like what was happening and in the town. And maybe sent him to this, like, magical world or something. Of snow. I want to go there. That sounds awesome. Quit being stupid and just go to the tower. Excuse me. I am a giant seven-foot-tall man with a great axe and two hand axes. And I am an elf druid that can kill you. Fight me. Okay. So are you guys heading up the pass? Yes. All right. You guys begin making your way toward the tower. I mean, as far as you can tell, there's there doesn't seem to be much anything else in sight, right? There's no city snow because the whole thing just sunk into the ground. So you all start heading in that direction. Uh, everybody make me a perception check. D20. Got a six. I'm the worst. I've got a six. 
I got a six. <laughs> I, got I got a, six. a one. <laughs> okay, let's see. I got a six. Looks like we're all gonna die. But it's a plus seven, right? <laughs> okay, yeah, yours is a 13 even with a six. Oh, wait, I got a one. Okay. I have awesome Your perception. You roll a one, you know what that means? You perceive absolutely nothing. What does that mean? It means it's a critical failure. If you roll a one, it means you automatically fail. No, like, what does that perception mean? Does That's it mean how like, well you can perceive. Like, you're looking around, what you can I, see in here, etc. That means I'm thinking about lollygagging. No, that's not the yeah, word. That's fine. You're thinking I'm about thinking that turkey about leg. You know what I'm saying? Roll to six. What does that mean? You're having trouble seeing much of anything. It's dark. You guys are following the candle lanterns, but you don't notice anything strange. You're just walking along. Finn, as you guys are walking, you hear this weird noise, and it sounds like, I don't know, it's hard to place what the noise is at first, but it's like some sort of shuffling sound, something moving behind you. And you turn back and look, and you don't see anything. So y'all keep walking, keep walking. You're walking You're walking along this flat area first. You haven't quite gotten to where it starts to incline and breaks off into like a winding path. And the winding path, by the way, is like a drop-off on both sides. It's not, it's <laughs> no not like a mountain. Off. It's just like it comes together, You'll and die. it's a winding path, kind of like a land bridge. If you fall off, how much damage would you take? Depends on how far you fall. I pull out my scimitar okay. and scimitar. look around me. Again. Okay. You're looking around. You don't see anything at first, so you walk along. You're walking. You keep hearing that weird shuffling sound, and you keep glancing around. And uh, Roll me another perception check. Two. Okay, so that one's worse. I'll tell you what, I'll give you a chance, Grendel, to roll another one. You do not get another chance, Mr. Nat 1. Nat 1 is bad. 20. A natural 20. Okay, a, a 1 is a critical failure. A 20 is a critical success. That means it's the best you could possibly do. So, Grendel, you're walking along, and you hear the sound of a weapon being drawn, and you notice that Finn has drawn her scimitar. And you turn back to see what's up, and as she's looking around, she starts to walk towards you again as if there's nothing there. You see behind her something rising up out of the snow, and it reaches out to grab her. That's creepy. That's straight from a horror movie, boy. It's a large, human-sized snowman. Let me push him off the side. Hold on. So you see this snowman come up out of the snow and lunge at her, Grendel, and I'm going to give you a chance to take a surprise attack, okay? We're about to get into some combat. Ooh, yay, I love combat, even though I died last time. Here's what I need you to do, Grendel. You have a chance to make a surprise attack. So it's just a, it's a snowman. I'm going to cast a firebolt. Okay, you want to try and hit him with a firebolt, so roll me a d20. Nate. Ooh, Nate. Plus 7 is a 15, right? Yeah. Okay, so let me just double check here. I'm pretty sure that is. Yep, that is a hit. So a firebolt for you does how much damage? 2d10? Yeah. All right, so you find your D10, and you roll that twice. Got a four and eight. Okay, so that's 12 total damage? Uh-huh. All right, so you blast a firebolt into him from your wand, and this fiery shot comes shooting out of your wand right toward Finn. You turn around, and you see Grendel point his wand towards you and cast a firebolt, and you you know, streak to duck out of the way, and it strikes this snowman behind you right as he went to grab you with his arms, and he just pops and melts like snow. And at that moment, you all notice as five more of them bust up out of the snow around you and start moving towards you. Let me go ham on them. I want to go ham on them. (laughs) Like on Doctor Who. (laughs) Okay. Exactly. So now what we're going to do is we're going to get both my hand axes and just. So I need everyone to roll me what's called initiative. Roll a d20 and add your initiative modifier to it. 12. Okay. 
Got a one plus two and three. Okay. So you got a 12, a three, and a seven, right? So we rolled initiative. That determines the order that we're all going to go in. Unfortunately, the highest roll was not Frederick. It was not Grendel. And it also was not Finn. The highest roll belonged to the snow monsters. Oh. So they get to go That's first. Mm, it's very fair. It's the way the dice fall. So the dice. snowmen are moving in toward you all. So one of them goes ahead and lunges at you, Finn. Okay, so the first one is going to lunge towards you, and he's going to try and slash you with a claw. What, Tracy? 16. The first one is a miss. So he comes towards you, and he's got this snowy arm. It comes out, and it's clawed and like icicles on the end of it. But he misses you. You're ducked right out of the way. A second one is going to toss a snowball at you. <laughs> okay. Ooh, this one is a hit. You rolled a 19 plus 2, which is a 21. So you take a snowball hit right to the face. How is that going to hurt someone? You know, you wouldn't think it would, but there's little pieces of ice in it. And so it hurts just a little bit, and you take 4 damage. This scratches my face. Two more of them that popped up, popped up right next to you, Frederick, and they're going to attack you. Ready? Here they come. What's your AC? I need to know your armor class. 16. Okay. So, wow, both of those are misses. And the one that was going to go for Grendel is actually, you're between him and Grendel, so instead he's going to have to go for you again. That one actually is a hit. So you're going to take 1d6 plus 4 damage. damage for you. Ooh, you take no. 9 damage. That's, actually, that's not even bad. I got 6 bad health. Okay, so you take 9 damage. Let me. I'm going to put that in y'all's character sheets here, too. You're welcome. Now it's Finn's turn. Okay. So what would you like to do, Finn? There are two of them. There's one right next to you and one uh, a little bit in front of you. He's the one that hits you with a snowball. I would like to use Call Lightning. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I want to burn these things up. <laughs> <laughs> she said, yo, Finn, don't play. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, let's see. Call Lightning. What level spell is that? Three. Sweet Lord. <laughs> okay. Um, call Lightning. Say a special word. Abracadabra. Kazam. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to kill you and slice you in the ham. Wow. Is that, is that and I'm going to eat you for breakfast because I love meat. <laughs> it's snow. I don't care. It's going to be snowy cones. here. Let me tell you what call lightning does, okay? It calls lightning. A storm cloud appears in the shape of a cylinder. Ooh. Like that's 10 feet high and 60 feet wide. Awesome. Center a point that you can see. So what happens is it calls a big lightning storm, basically. You cast a spell, you choose where it goes. A bolt of lightning flashes down from the cloud to that point. Each creature within five feet of that point must make a dex save. Uh, a creature takes 3d10 lightning damage on a failed save. On each of your turns until the spell ends, you can use your action to call down lightning in this way again, targeting the same point. So basically you make a giant lightning storm and you can use your action to call lightning down from it and attack stuff. So is that what you want to do? Yes. Okay. So you summon a giant lightning storm. What does it look like? How do you, what do you do to call that lightning storm? I just think of it. Okay. So you just picture it in your head and you summon your druidic power and you call this large cloud of a lightning storm. And my eyes turn green. All right. So you cast the spell and you can choose a point and you can call lightning. So I'll say that you can call it in because they're pretty close to each other to where you could hit two of these guys, okay? So they're going to make a dexterity saving throw to try and avoid it, all right? Okay, your spell save DC is a 15. So whenever someone is making a save against one of your spells, they have to get a 15 or higher to save. They rolled a two. They don't save. So they're going to take the full 
damage from that. They're dead. Yeah, Basically. I don't think they're gonna make it, but we're gonna we're gonna roll it anyway just in case. So they take three D ten lightning damage. So five, eight, four. Okay, so twelve damage. So both of these snowmen that are standing there burst into dust and die to death from your lightning storm. Okay, and that is that's gonna do it for your turn. Unless you want to move around any, do you want to stay where you are or you want to move? I want to move closer to the building. Okay, so you're, you guys are still a long way from that way, but you can move that way away from the snowman toward that place, okay? Toward the path. All right, now it is Fred's turn. Frederick. Frederick the third. Okay, Frederick, you are a barbarian. So here's what barbarians do. Murder people with their hands. <laughs> they, they grab you by the you neck. Are so they violent. pick you up. We're goofy guys. I mean, yes. I can get violent. So barbarians have a feature called rage, okay? You use your bonus action to enter into a rage. And what it's going to do is, for every time you hit something, it's going to do extra damage. Anytime someone hits you, it's going to do less damage. So, you want to go ahead and enter into a rage? You go into a rage, and then you take your attacks. Yes. Okay. So, you have used one rage. So. How many rages can I use? You have four per day. You go into a rage, you, grab, you pull your great axe off your back? Oh, yeah. Okay, and then what do you do? Um, I think I'm just gonna get absolutely angry. Okay. Just run around, start slashing the heads off of all the snowmen. Okay, so you turn on the snowmen that have attacked you, and you are ready to unleash. There are three of them right up on top of you. So go ahead and make your first attack roll with your great axe. To one. It's a natural one. Wait. Oh I man, think. that's your second nat one. Ah! Okay. <laughs> So unfortunately, because it's a I'm natural one, you go to swipe down on this uh, this snowman, and when and you, I miss. no, you hit him, but it's not like you cut through him. The snowman actually like lets the axe go into him, and then he freezes around it, and you can't pull it loose. And so this snowman now has your great axe like trapped inside of him. Pull out both my hand axes. Okay, you can grab one hand axe, and you can have one more attack on it. 17. All right, 17 plus 7 is 1d6 plus 6. So roll me a d6. 3. So 3 plus 6 is 9 damage. That's enough to kill it. So you take your hand axe and you just cut the head off this guy. What do you do? Tell me what you do. Take it. Come from behind my head. Uh I slash down all the way through the snowman and grab my great axe and put it back on my back. I come down and I slice him like right in, like okay. right down so the like, middle. Okay, so like top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he like splits like a banana, <laughs> but snow, a snowy banana. He just turns a all frozen into banana. powdery snow again, and your great axe hits the floor. Now it is Grindel's turn again. Grindel, there is one snowman still standing. Okay, fireball. Okay, so roll me an attack roll. It's a 15. Okay, 15 plus 7 is a 22. That is a hit, so roll me 2d10s. Two and a three. Okay, so that's five damage. <laughs> well, luckily, these snowmen happen to be particularly weak to fire, and so that actually causes them double damage. So with ten damage, it melts. So you have successfully killed all of the crazy snowmen. What if they come back? Then we'll have to fight more of them. whoop de do? Just slice them like a banana again. I got my great axe now. I ain't afraid. Well, I mean, if they come back, we'll just do the same thing we just did. As you say that, Grindel, ten of these things pop up. 
in the snow behind you guys. Why is there so many? Why can't it just be a sunny, warm day? And they are moving towards you guys, but you all do notice that they're slow. You feel like you could outrun them pretty easily. And after those 10 pop up and they move a few feet towards you, 10 more pop up behind them. Gonna be an army. What do you do? Keep running. Start <laughs> running towards the building. Okay, so you guys take off running up the path? Yes. yes. As fast as we can. Okay, you're all running and running and running. And you notice that, yeah, they're throwing those snowballs at you, but their range isn't that great on them. A couple of them bounce off of you, but none of you take any real damage. They're not as strong as some of those that hit you at the beginning. And after a few minutes, you all are able to get away from them pretty quickly. And you get the picture that they were mostly concerned with maybe pushing you toward the castle. And you all finally come to the point that you begin going up this ascending path. You're going left and right, back and forth up this path, making your way. After a time, it turns back to the left, and you're heading up, and you all notice something. So you've been traveling along, and every once in a while, there'll be one of those torches lit, one of those lanterns. It's kind of like a street lamp, okay? Except hanging from it is a saucer, like a sensor, with a candle on it, and that's it. But the wind, even though it's not real windy, but there's a little wind blowing, it doesn't blow out those candles. They just keep burning. And you guys notice something as you turn. There's a small little house on the pathway. It's like a little hut. You know what? Now that you're looking at it from here, you know what it looks like? It looks exactly like the house that you guys found the fake Candy King in earlier. No, there's no way he can teleport houses with him. It's weird, isn't it? You all see this little house ahead. What do you do? You go and explode. Okay, so you all walk toward the house. Do you just walk right up? Are you trying to be sneaky? Shove the axe through the door. Okay. I, I feel like we don't need to be that, you know. No, always. It's better to be stealthy. Yeah, no you're going to get us killed. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. Just we wait outside, Frederick, or whatever your name is, because I don't <laughs> even know you. Frederick the Sad, get it right. Finn and Grendel are both trying to be circumspect and sneaky, and at about that time, Frederick breaks into a run. He runs straight toward the house and he sinks his great axe into the door of the house. And no, wait. Let me take that back. No, it's Not too the late. Door, okay. The wall. Oh, okay, into the wall of the house? Like just He just sinks his axe, buries it into the wall of his house, and there's a resounding <laughs> as the axe hits it. Frederick, why did you do that? Because you I are wanted a to idiot. Yeah, you're gonna be talking. You wouldn't be here if I didn't get you out of snow. At that time, me and Finn, of course, like, go kind of hide, so if there's actually somebody in there, they don't see us. Okay. Finn, you and Grendel go ahead and make me stealth checks. 20. Natural 20. Three. Holy cow. Um, I'm going to say that his natural 20 is going to give you advantage, Finn, so go ahead and make me another one. Advantage? What does advantage mean exactly? If you have advantage on something, you roll it twice and take a better roll. Okay, you got a seven? Three. Plus three. Okay, so you got a ten. Okay, so, um, Grendel, you disappear. <laughs> you are one with the snow and the darkness. You just sink down into the snow and cover yourself. You're just like a sniper. Finn, <laughs> Finn you're trying to be stealthy, but it's kind of hard to find a good place to hide. You're not, like, out in the open, necessarily. I'm but... out in the open with a giant axe. And I can oh, yeah, Frederick, you, you are standing there, and you've buried your axe into the wall of this house. You pull your axe back out of the wall, and uh, the door clicks and creaks open. At this time, Frederick, looking inside, sees the door open, and he sees sitting in the middle of the floor a big red present with gold wrapping. And 
and of course, knowing me, I'm gonna go in after it. You are so weak <laughs> I in need your you, mind. I need oh you my to gosh, make you're me. gonna die. Maybe he formed into that. Frederick, I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. Go ahead and roll, roll a d20. <laughs> 16. 16 plus one? 17. Suddenly, you are compelled to go inside the house. When did I have to get in order to save it? And open that present. <laughs> Almost like something is controlling you. Something is controlling you. So you step inside. You walk toward this big gold present. And there's a big I'm red scared. ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't want to go in there. It's too late. No. You step inside. You walk up to this big red pre- And I mean, when I say big, I mean it's like five feet tall. A box. A five foot tall box. Five foot wide. It's red wrapping with gold trim. You step up, and there's a big ribbon. You grab each side, and you pull of it, and it unfolds. And I'm the an ribbon idiot. falls, hits the ground, and there's a top. And you see it sort of shake a little bit. So you grab the top. <laughs> like, mm, oh, man, this is for me. Someone left this gift for me, for Frederick. You throw the lid back. And mm, I don't think this is a present for you. Inside is kind of what looks like a big pink snail. Uh, but Ew. like the inside of a snail, like a slug. And it's attached to all sides of the box inside. When you throw the lid back, it peels back, and it opens up big mouth with sharp teeth. I think you should have hid. You hear this weird sort of chuckling sound. <laughs> then this big, bumpy, gnarled-looking tongue shoots out of its mouth and latches onto your face. <laughs> oh, no! You had a nice life, Frederick. It's Barney. It's Barney the snail. And we're rolling another initiative. So go ahead and roll initiatives. 20, 19, 15. So this thing has reached its big barbed tongue out and it's stuck to your face. And it feels like sandpaper. And it's almost like it's poking it, but it's stuck to your face and you can't get it off. It is latched onto your face. Get it off. You are grappled by this thing. Like it's got a hold of you. Go into a rage. Boom. You go into a rage. What do you do? Do you want to attack it? It got my great axe. I'm assuming you already had your great axe in your hand because you hit the door earlier, remember? I want to cut off the tongue. So you want to try and aim at its or tongue? actually, no. Go for the face, but I accidentally miss. And, like, I hit the tongue inside of the mouth. Okay, roll me an attack roll and we'll see if you hit it. Nine. So nine plus seven. That's a 16. And that is a hit. Yes. So go ahead and roll me 1d12. Yes! I can see your phone. Seven plus four damage. So that's 11 damage. Okay. So you don't cut its tongue all the way off, but you dig in deep and it's like half cut off. And this thing's like, lets out a shrieky noise. Oh, wait, you actually get an extra two damage because of your rage. So you actually did 13 damage instead of 11. All right. You want to do another attack? Uh, Will that be my two attacks that I can do? Mm -hmm. Five. Five plus seven is 12. That meets. So that means you hit it just barely. Four. You do four plus six because you're in a rage. So you do 10 damage, right? Yeah. Okay. So this time, yeah, you actually do cut its tongue right off. And it's still stuck to your face. At least I'm not connected to it's it. It's like hanging off your face. Okay. Uh, Grendel, it is your turn. <laughs> what do you do? Um, I feel like since that's already happened. You've definitely noticed this happening. So he's inside the house with the doors pushed open. You can see him in there fighting with this thing. I feel like we need to head back to the tower. You're going to leave me? Excuse me, I'll remember that. <laughs> Next time you get stuck I'll, in the snow. I guess I'm going to go help 
Frederick. First, before we go up to the tower. Okay. What do you want to use? Uh, yeah, firebolt. Okay. <laughs> well, it's worked so far, so you want to cast another firebolt? Yep. Okay, so you summon another firebolt and throw it at him. Give me a d20 roll. 14. Okay, so that's a 21, and that is a hit. So roll me 2d10 damage. Got a 6 and a 4. 10 damage. All right, so you do 10 damage. The fire really, it like shrivels up the wrapping on the outside of this paper, but it doesn't burn up like paper. It actually looks like some sort of weird skin, and so it makes you think that "Mm, whatever this is, it's not even really a present, obviously. There's some sort of monster, right? Finn, it's your turn. I want to do Primal Savagery. Okay, you cast Primal Savagery, and you have the option of either sharpening your teeth or your, like, fingernails into claws. So what are you going to do? Fingernails. Okay, yeah, you don't want to bite this thing. So now you can run up and you can make a melee spell attack against this thing, and on a hit, it does 2d10 acid damage, okay? You go ahead and make me an attack roll, okay? So you roll a d20, and it's plus 7 to hit it. 10. 17. Good job. You got 17. All right, so that is a hit, so go ahead and roll me 2d10. One and a five. So you do six acid damage and you claw up its side, and you guys can tell that this thing's starting to look pretty haggard, starting to look pretty rough. But now it's his turn, and he's going to try and come back at you. He is going to try and bite you, dude who cut his tongue off. And let's see how he does. Ooh, I think that hits. What's your armor class? 16? So he rolled a 22. So that is a hit. You're going to take some damage. You take... Five piercing damage, and you take seven acid damage. So here's how that works. You're taking half damage from piercing because you're raged. So he takes two piercing damage and seven acid damage. So he takes a total of nine damage. Okay? You're still in good shape. You're still higher than most of theirs, I think, maximum. Now, after this weird giant Christmas present thing has attacked you, you guys hear a rumbling sound. You feel the floor rumbling underneath you again, kind of like you did before, and you think, oh, no, not again. And the walls fall out and fold out just like they did last time. Everyone run! I run out the... I try to run as fast as I can out the door. There's no door. The walls are gone, but the floor stays the same. And you notice that straight ahead of you where you would go around the house, there are two figures standing there. They look like giant toy soldiers. And they are holding these big muskets in their hand. They lower them towards you three, and they fire. The first one's going to shoot at you. No. Because you're in the front, and you're the big guy. Don't hurt me. That is a miss. So a big black ball goes right past your head. The other one is going to shoot toward you, Finn. Oh, my goodness. The second one misses you, Finn. So, wow, they're wielding these big guns, but they both miss you. Yeah, they're bad at their job. And they start marching towards you, but they're kind of like, think like the uh, the toy soldiers on the Santa Claus 2. Yeah, the yeah. giant one. Like the big nutcrackers? Yeah. That, that's yeah. kind of what they're like. And they're, they're walking towards you, but they seem to be off balance. Like they'd be easy to push over. So now we're back around to the top, and it is Fred's turn. You still got this big present thing in front of you. He's still alive, but he does look like he's in pretty rough shape. What do you do? Keep going? Yeah, and then them two can fight the two soldiers. All right, go for it. I think I'm going to put away my great axe, draw my one-hand axe, and draw my shield. And then after that, I have to roll an attack roll. I got 10 plus 7, so 17. Isn't that a hit? That's a hit. So this is 1d6 plus 6, so roll me a 1d6. Okay, so that's 8 damage. That's really not good. All right, you want to hit him again? Sure. Okay. So that time you did 10 damage. 
So you sink your hand axe into him, and now it doesn't look so much like a present. It looks like it's starting to almost melt. The snowman. It's, it's kind of gurgling. No, not like snow, like like taffy. Ew. It's still sort of flopping around and stuff, but it's not dead. And now it is your turn, Grendel. What would you like to do? Uh, I would want to do Firebolt. Okay, cast another Firebolt at him. Go ahead and roll me another d20. It's a one. Oh, no. Okay, so you do cast Firebolt, and um, I need you to roll me a dexterity saving throw, Frederick. Five. Okay, so the Firebolt hits Frederick right in the back. You're aiming at the big monster thing, but Frederick's over there, and your Firebolt misses the monster and hits Frederick. Thanks a lot. I'm leaving you in the snow. Frederick, you take three fire damage. What the crud, man? <laughs> Go to aiming school. <laughs> if you're going to wield a wand, at least know how to use it. Go to aiming school. <laughs> okay, Finn, it's your turn. I want to cast Thorn Whip. Okay, on what? One of the toy soldiers. The toy soldiers? soldiers? Okay, yeah. so you kind of scoot around this big monstrous thing, and that's it's fine. You can do that because he's the one that's right up next to it anyway. So you can take this opportunity to step up and try and use Thorn Whip on one of those toy soldiers. And like I said, it is kind of a narrow path, and it's a drop-off on both sides. So if you get it just right, you could trip one off the side, okay? Two. A two. Mm, that's not very good. Two plus seven is a nine. That's still a miss. It's not a critical miss or anything, but it is a miss. So you pop your Thorn Whip at one of them, but unfortunately it's it just goes wide. I'm also bad at this. The big present? Is going to attack one more time on you, uh, Frederick. Great. It has no tongue, so watch out. So this time, he rolled a 21. You take five damage. I'm going to die. You're still doing pretty good. Okay, now the toy soldiers are going to fire off again. One of them is going to fire off at you, Finn. It's a miss. The other one's going to fire at Grendel. It's definitely a hit. So you are... Ooh, this is kind of a tough hit. You're going to take... Nine piercing damage as one of their bullets shoots you. We're back around again to you, Fred. Fred, this thing looks like it's barely hanging on to life. Great axe. Okay. I'm going to kill this thing. I'm All right. Shove it through its head. Roll me an attack roll. Five plus seven is a 12, and that is its armor class. Yes. So roll me a d12 plus six. Die. Six. Okay, so you deal 12 damage, and as you sink your great axe into it, it, like, turns into melty bubblegum goop, and then just turns black and dies. Ew. Yeah, it's really gross. Frederick, you actually have one more turn, uh, or one more attack you can do if you want to make another attack. You could run up and try and attack one of the toy soldiers. Is that what you want to do? Sure. Honey! Wow. Okay, so you take off running toward one of these things, and you are just running toward it with your great axe, and here, you get to roll 2d12s. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, wow. thirty-one. So that's 17 plus six, right? Mm-hmm. 23 damage. I did good. Jeez. I'm very happy. Okay. Chop so- the heads off both of them. Gruesome. Okay, so you deal this thing 23 damage, and when you do, it breaks in half. It's made of wood. It's like a giant wooden toy. And to cut both of their heads off? Well, no, just one of them. You're only attacking one. But you can take the head off of it instead if you want. Oh, wait, no, I wanted to do it when I did that snowman. I really like doing that. So you run up, and you bring your axe down, and you split it right in two. 
I used to own a lumber company. Grindel, now it's your turn. <laughs> you are offensive to my kind. Grindel, the present thing is gone, and now there's just one more of those big toy soldiers over there. What do you want to do? You know that I am a wood elf. You are a very offensive to my kind. Can I do magic missile? Oh, I love that spell. It's my favorite. You want to cast first, second, or third level? Second level. Second level means you can do 4d force, and that's fine. Four, one, and two. Okay. 10 plus 4 is 14 damage. So you sink four of these force darts into this big toy soldier thing, and it takes 14 damage. And it kind of pushes it back, and it's stumbling. Like I said, they don't have good balance. It hasn't fallen yet, but Finn, if you want to take this opportunity to try and knock it over while it's stumbling, I'll give you advantage on the attack roll. I'll do Thorn Whip. Okay. Roll a d20 twice and take the better roll. There's a 4. Okay. I'm scared. An 18. Okay, 18 plus 7 is a 25. That is a hit. And so you're using Thorn Whip? Yes. So that's 2d6. So roll me 2d6 damage. 3 and 3. Okay, so 6 damage. And you can pull it. So are you aiming for its legs and you want to try and pull its yes. legs out? Okay, so uh, roll me a d20. Uh, 8. So you're able to pull its legs just enough that it trips and falls back. So as it falls, um, it's going to roll a dexterity saving throw to see if it can keep itself from falling off the ledge. Uh, it rolled a six. So it falls, and when it does, it tumbles off the side of the ledge and off into the darkness below. Yes. You guys won. Yay, yay, please. Take that, sucker. And so now <clears throat> you all are free to make your way toward the castle. The candle I don't think we want to go there because you know all the snow. We're going. We're going. You all make your way up the mountain pass. It's swerving left and right. You're following these large candle lanterns. And you come up on this gigantic castle. And the path, instead of leading straight up into a door, it leads up and then it goes up the side of the castle. And where all those candles are lining around the castle, spiraling up toward the top, like an ice cream cone. You know how an ice cream cone swirls up? It's almost like that, like some ice cream cones. You all follow that cyclone pattern along the side of this giant candle castle. And there are all these candles lighting the side. And as you're moving toward the top, you can hear this noise off in the distance. And I'll say the distance, it sounds like it's high up above you. And the higher you guys climb on this path heading up the candle castle, it gets louder and you all can hear it's, it's a sort of music. It sounds like a candle bell's hymn, like festive music. In fact, it sounds like almost like a song you heard earlier when you were down in the Northern Nights Inn, and you guys are climbing louder, and it sounds like someone is in there playing some sort of an instrument and singing a song. Finally, after going around and around and around this castle, you come to the very top, and there's a door, a large wooden door. There is a large gold and silver lining around the edging of the door, but the door itself is like an old pine wood. There's a nice, beautiful green holly wreath hanging on the door and a large golden bell with a little handle hanging down in the middle of it. Should we ring it? Aha, uh -huh. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Can I break the door down again? You will not break the door down that again, That worked Fred. well last time, elf. It worked real well when we got almost eaten by that weird no, slug thing. No, you mean thing. I almost got eaten? Y'all hid like cowards until I, I got a giant. I say we ring it. So what are you doing? Do y'all ring the bell? 
I will ring the bell. I smashed the bell before she. She will <laughs> ring the bell. <laughs> well, that would ring it. I'm just like I don't care what you say. Okay, you're you're both struggling to get there first. You're not sure who does. Giant but the, X. But the bell rings. Ding a ling 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 ling. And when it does, it plays a little tune. And the door swings open. Inside, there's a very large room on the far end of this great hallway. There's a big golden throne-like chair. It's the Candle King Tower! There's a guy sitting on it. He looks very familiar, Finn, because he looks like the same guy that you tackled in that house earlier. He's about 6'5". He's got a long white beard. He's wearing a gold and silver robe that comes down past his ankles. And in his hand, he's got a large cane, but it's tall. It's almost as tall as he is. He's got it standing beside his throne that he's sitting on. And it's swirled almost like a peppermint candy cane. And surrounding him are all these presents, little boxes of gifts. They're just all around his seat. And you step inside the room. You notice one more thing. He's standing there all decked out in gold and silver and looking very, very fancy. And beside him, beside the seat on the floor, there's a cat. A cat? Mm Mm-hmm. Except it's huge. That's a tiger. It's a giant white cat, but it has stripes that are gold. It's crazy looking. A white tiger. It's like a white tiger with gold stripes. I want it. And around his neck, he has a gold collar with a gold bell hanging off of it. Oh. You all step inside, and this gentleman takes his candy cane staff, and he sort of knocks it on the ground with a... Shall not pass. And the door closes behind you. So nice for the three of you to join me for this festive evening. Who are you? Ah, see that you're a bit more resourceful than I had previously imagined. <laughs> uh, I'm like Chris Kringle. <laughs> well... <laughs> I don't know this Kris Kringle character. Santa Claus. Many people call me the Candle King. But we've met. You attacked me as I was just trying to leave a gift for some of the good children down in the village below. We don't believe you. There's no such thing as the Candle King. Well, I see you're not a believer, Frederick III. How do you know my name? I know everything about you, Frederick. I know about... Are you a stalker? Do you stalk me at night? I know that you've been reading up of a foreign land named America. It's not foreign. We came from there. I know that you used to run a wood chopping business. Well, I said that later below whenever we were fighting supposedly your wooden people, so I cut them like they were the wood that I used to chop. I also know that you're deathly afraid of spiders. I'm not deathly afraid. Okay, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you got me. How do you know all this about Fred? Well, it's my business to know this. I am the Candle King, but it's no matter. As an How enemy... is there such a thing as the Candle King when all the people down there say that That's you're... enough. I guess it leaves it up to me to deal with naughty children like yourselves. Naughty? You've attacked the Candle King and thereby attacked the very meaning of candle bells. It's time to pay the price. We will pay no price for what you've done. Well, we'll see. And he takes his staff and he hits it on the floor again and it grows. It gets bigger. And not just the staff, also he gets bigger. Oh, no. Now he's like eight feet tall and his staff is not a cane. It's a giant maul. 
which is like a gigantic hammer. And on the end of it, there's a big, bright blue, icy spiked hammer. His cat gets up. It lets out a big growl. And he says, Sickle. Let's roll initiative. I pull up my great axe and I swing at it like an idiot. One more time. Here we go. 15. 16. 19. Fred, a giant white and gold striped tiger cat is lunging towards you. First, I'm going to go into a rage, grab my shield, grab my hand axe, and go into position to fight the cat. Okay, so you draw a hand axe and a shield, and you're going to face off this cat. So you run toward it and try to hit him with your axe. I'm going to chuck it at its face. Okay. Chuck it at its face. All right, go ahead and roll me an attack roll. My attack roll was 21. Okay, so your attack roll is 21. So that is a hit. So now roll me the damage, which is 1d6 plus 6. I already did that. It's 5. 5 plus 6 is an 11. So you <laughs> deal 11 damage to the big old white cat that's coming towards you. How you, much health does it have? You don't know, but you deal him 11 damage. Your axe goes flying toward it. You still have one more attack. You could draw your hand axe and throw it also, or you could draw your great axe and run toward him. What do you want to do? Then I want to draw my great axe and swing at it. Okay, you draw your great axe, you run toward him. Okay. Roll me a d20. Eight. Eight plus seven is a 15. That's a hit. Roll me your d12 plus six. Seven. Three plus six is nine. That's not good. Well, you dealt him 20 damage in one turn. That's pretty good. That is the end of your turn. Now it is Grendel's turn. I'm going to do Firebolt. On the cat or the Candle King? Cat. Okay. Roll it. Got a two plus that seven. is unfortunately a miss. You can try to move back out of the way or duck behind some of the presents. Throw all over the floor. Try and give yourself some cover. I'm going to hide behind something. Okay. You're pretty small. There's some big old presents you can kind of hide behind. So you duck behind one of the presents. Uh, Finn, it's your turn. What would you like to do, Finn? You looking over your spells? Yes. Well, you've got two options. One, you can cast a spell. You also have another one of your beast things. So if you wanted to, you could turn into something big and monstrous and try to fight this thing. I think I will. Okay. So, like, you could turn into a saber-toothed tiger? Yes. Okay. Cat versus cat. You are going to use your beast, your wild shape, to turn into a saber-toothed tiger. What does that look like? What's your saber-toothed tiger look like? Black with gold stripes. Oh, sweet. Okay. And you got these big, long fangs coming out that come down past your jaw. So you turn into a saber-toothed tiger. As a saber-toothed tiger, you take on its abilities and, and its attributes and things like that. So one thing that you can do is that you can bite attack, you can claw attack, or you can do what's called a pounce, which is where you literally jump onto it. If you run toward a creature and hit it with a claw attack, it has to make a save or else be knocked prone. And then when you knock it prone, then you can try to bite it. So it's basically like you slash it, jump on it, and bite it. You can do that all in one turn. I think I want to do that. Okay. So it's running towards you guys. So you take off toward it. As you're running, you transform into this black and gold saber-toothed tiger. Kind of like the opposite, right? And you need to make a claw attack to try and pounce on it, okay? So go ahead and roll me a d20. And it's a plus six to hit it. 19. Okay, so it's 25. That is a hit. So immediately you do 2d6 plus 5 damage. 4 and a 3. Okay, 7 plus 5 is 12 damage. And now that you've clawed it, then the target has to try and make a strength saving throw. So the cat is going to try and save. And he does not. He rolls a 6. 
plus, yep, even with that, it's not good enough. He's got to beat a 14, and he's only got a 12. He's now knocked prone, and he is prone, so now you can also make a bite attack as a bonus action. Go ahead and make me a bite attack. 14. All right, plus 6 is a non-natural 20, and that's a hit, so roll me a d10 plus 5. Wow, you're doing a lot of damage. 3. Okay, 3 plus 5 is 8. You did 20 damage to it that turn. That's really good. And he's prone now, too, when you bit him. So basically, you run up and you grab him, you claw him, pull him down, and then bite him. So that was a pretty awesome turn. And now it's the Candle King's turn. The Candle King, he's standing over there by his throne. He leans down and he picks up two of his gifts and he launches them towards you. And I need for Frederick and Finn to make me a dexterity saving throw. So roll me a d20. Two. Plus three. So that's a five. Okay. Um, neither of those are good enough. So now I need both of you to roll me a D4. That's the one that looks like a little pyramid. Three. One. Finn, this gift comes flying towards you, and it's a little brown gift. And as it's flying towards you, it explodes. It pops open, and something comes flying out of it, and it barrels into you. And when it does, you're going to take some damage, okay? So first thing you're going to do is you're going to take eight damage, okay? As this thing just pelts into you. I know you're a little cat, or a big cat rather, but it pelts into your side and it climbs up on your back and you're rolling around trying to get a look at it. The rest of you can see that this little toy monkey has landed on her back and it crawls up her back and scuttles up on her head and it's one of those monkeys with the symbols. That's what I was thinking of. And it crashes its symbols on the sides of her ears. And when it does, you become deafened, which means that for the next little bit, you're not going to be able to hear anything. Uh, depending on what you're going to want to do, it could affect what you're trying to do in combat for the next little bit. But on every time it's your turn, you can try to make a save to keep from doing that. But basically, you automatically fail anything that requires you to hear, which means your friends can't talk to you right now. Frederick, you rolled a one. So the gift that comes flying toward you is pink. Not again. It's flying toward you. It's rolling. <laughs> and it explodes. And when it does, something comes pelting into you. Oh, goodness. And you take 14 damage. But you are also in a rage, so you only take half of that. You take seven damage. Oh, yay. So you take that damage, and then this little thing lands and smacks you right in the face. Yeah, it better not be another one of them. It grabs you by the cheeks, and it pulls back Which and looks cheeks? at you. Seriously? <laughs> it grabs you by the cheeks, and it pulls back, and it looks at you in the face, and it goes, <laughs> and what you see is this little dolly, like a little cute, cute little doll wearing a dress, and she she reaches around. I'm doing around, the unarmed strike on this thing. <laughs> she reaches around behind her back, and she pulls out a camera. You've never seen a camera. You don't really know what it is. And she leans up in your face. She says, cheese. And she pushes a button. A bright flash flashes in your eyes. And you're blinded. Oh, no. This isn't fair. I'm like the best fighter. You got a selfie. So what that means is anything that requires sight from you, you automatically fail. Attack rolls against you have advantage. And your attack rolls have disadvantage, which means you're easier to hit and it's harder for you to hit other things. However, at the end of each of your turns, you can try to save from the blindness, okay? Now, it is the cat's turn, the tiger. The tiger is all wrapped up with you, Finn, and he is going to try and bite you. He reaches over, and he's going to try and bite you on the neck. 
Oh. You're going to take 12 plus 3. You're going to take 15 damage. And I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. 17. What, you got 17? Yeah. Okay, you're in good shape then. So you don't take any extra damage, but you're going to take 15 damage because he actually rolled a natural 20 in attacking you. And then he is going to attack you again. He's going to try and claw you. You take six more damage from the claw attack. So now it's Fred's turn. Fred. You're blind. Now you can try to make an attack. You are up with the tiger. You can try to make an attack. You try to hit the tiger or you can try to go and hit the the candle king who just, no, the doll's gone. The doll did its thing and just disappeared. Same thing with the monkey. So you can go up and try and attack the candle king. Kill that stupid doll. Do you want to attack the candle king or the giant cat? Go after the cat. Okay. Roll me an attack roll. Five plus seven. That's a hit. (laughs) Roll me this d12 plus six. It's a one. Seven damage. Okay. You want to attack it again? Five. Okay, that's also a hit. Roll me the D12 again. It's a 12. Oh, 12. Okay, wow. So, 12 plus 6 is 18 damage. Wow, okay, so you don't kill it, but somehow you still hit it twice, even though you're blinded. Luckily, you don't hit your other cat friend. So, you bring the axe down, and you just dig it, and the cat lets out a a howling yell. (laughs) Grendel, (laughs) what would you like to do? The Candle King is up there on his throne. He has not even been affected. The cat's down there getting welled on by your two friends. Hey, Landon, let me give you some advice. We're really close to the end of our game. So now is when you want to use your biggest hit. I'm talking third level spells. Lightning Bolt does 8d6 damage. Yep, <laughs> doing it. <laughs> okay, well, the way Lightning Bolt works is you point your wand and a Lightning Bolt comes streaking out of it and he's got to make a save to try and avoid it. So you summon a lightning bolt and you blast it toward him. He's going to make a save and he's going to try and beat your spell save DC, which is a dexterity 15. Okay. You got a 14. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so he is going to take 8d6 damage. All right, Landon, roll me 8d6s. 32. Wow. So that does 32 damage. A lightning bolt goes streaking across the room and just busts into the Candle King's chest. And he lets out a hole as this lightning just digging into him. And uh, his silver and gold robe, it's like singed and smoking. It's not on fire, but it, you know it just really electrocuted the fire out of him, which is a funny way to say it. Uh, but yeah, you really did a number on him. Happy candle bells to all and to all a good night. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> exactly. Um, and he, he turns towards you now, and he, he sees you over there. He sees you, little gnome. Now it's your turn, Finn. Okay. I think I want to turn back into an elf okay. and use Erupting Earth. Okay, so you use your bonus action to turn back out from being a cat. Now, when you do that, you're done with your wild shapes for the day, unless you take a short rest, which is fine. You're going you're to cast Erupting Earth? Yes. You choose a point you can see on the ground within range, okay? So, like, up by the Candle King, I guess? Yeah. And a fountain of churned earth and stone erupts in a 20-foot cube centered on that point. So, basically, a cube of the ground just explodes up into this dude, okay? It just erupts from the ground toward him. And he has to make a dexterity saving throw. If he fails, he's going to take 3d12. If he succeeds, he'll still take half of that, okay? 
What is your spell save DC? 15. He got a 12. So he's going to take it. All right. You're going to roll three D12s. All right. This is the best game of D&D ever. <laughs> the floor just explodes around him and it's just chunks of rock and dirt and gold and stone just busting all around him and hit him in the face and hit him in the arms and the back and the ground in the area is all churned up and over there where his throne was his throne is actually just annihilated and destroyed and he looks around and he says you are the naughtiest children that I have ever seen how dare you come into the home of the Candle King and try and cause such trouble for the Candle Bells Festival? Have you no festive spirit? Have you no joy? And he starts walking towards you all, and he holds his big hammer up in his hand. And he's coming for you. All of us? No, Her. me. He comes into a little bit of a jog as he runs towards you, and he swings with all of his might, yielding his red and white striped Maul. That is a hit. You're going to take 12 damage as this maul just comes around and just swings and crashes into your side. And I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. Six. Six plus your constitution, which is a plus one. So that's a seven. So you do not save and you take five cold damage from the frost on his hammer. Now it's the cat's turn, and the cat is going to jump up and swipe at you, Red, and he hits you. Of he does. He do, because he rolled a 19 plus of 6. Of does. You take three slashing damage. Oh, well, that's not that bad. It's not. Then he bites you. <laughs> well, he bites us. This time he did not roll a 19. He rolled an 18. But that still hits you. All right, this time you're going to take six piercing damage, and I need a constitution saving throw. So roll me a d20. I'm so sad. There... 13 plus your constitution, which I think is pretty good, actually. Plus 6 for your save. So, yeah, you save, so you don't take any extra damage from that. It is back around to you, Fred. There's the cat on the ground. He's not looking super happy about his life right now. He's real, real haggard looking. He's not, like, bleeding and bloody. You notice that your weapons aren't making him bleed. It almost just looks like he's shedding all of his hair. What do you do? You hit him with your axe? Is my axe still stuck in him? Mm-mm. You got your great axe in your hands. You want to attack him with it? Mm -hmm. Hit him. 14. Okay, 14 plus 7, 21. So that is a hit. So roll me a d12 plus 6. A 3, Paul. 3 plus 6 is 9 damage. Guess what? What? You bring your axe down into it, and when you do, it lets out a howl, and it kind of rolls out of the way and goes limp. And then it shrinks down into the shape of a small little stuffed animal. Awesome. And now it is Grendel's turn. Grendel. The Candle King does not look happy. And he just went over there and hit your friend with his hammer. Okay. Magic missile. What level? What level can I do? You can use it all the way up to level three. Yeah, level one does three darts, two does four, and three does five. Three. Okay. So roll me five d4s. To 12. 17 damage. So five of these darts go flying into him and they just <laughs> bust into his chest. Finn, it's your turn. What would you like to do? I think I want to do Thunder Wave. Okay. That's a pretty good one, especially since he's next to you and it pushes him back if you use it. So, how do you cast Thunder Wave? You bring your hands together, you slap them together, and Thunder comes flying forward toward him. And he's going to make a constitution saving throw. 
and he actually does succeed, but he's still going to take half damage. So roll me four d8s. Twenty-four. Okay. Wow. Twenty-four. So he'll take half of that, which is twelve. Okay. The Candle King standing there in the middle after the thunderclap hurts his ears. He stops. He looks down at you, Finn, and he says, "Why? Why do you hate candle bells?" I don't hate it. I hate you. Why do you hate me? Why did you attack me? Why are you all here trying to hurt me? Because we believe that you have been stealing from people and planting presents there that have been hurting people. I have not stolen a thing. Then what were you doing in that house? I was doing what I do every night during the Candle Bells Festival. I was delivering treats and gifts to the children of Kurtza Village. You were not. You were holding a priceless decoration. And you were putting it into your bag. No. I withdrew that decoration from my bag to place in the house as a gift. You all have hurt my cat. The cat is dead and it serves it. No, the cat's not dead. He simply retreated. But why are you all here? I can promise you this. If you can't give me one reason why I should spare the three of you and not permanently place you on the naughty list, you'll never leave this castle again. And when he says that, the ground starts to turn into snow again. And you all start sinking into it again. And you're like clawing and trying to paw away, trying to get away from it. And about the time it gets up to your shoulders, each of you, it just freezes solid and you're stuck in the floor. He steps over to where you all are. And he stops. He spoke to Finn. And he's spoken to Fred. He steps over to Grendel. And Grendel, you're frozen in this icy floor with your head sticking out the top of it. And he brandishes his long candy cane striped hammer. And he puts the head of it down by your head, ominously, threateningly. And he says, Grendel Timorang, why do you want to hurt me? Because you were stealing from other people. But I wasn't, Grendel. We seen you take it from that house and put it inside your bag. Did you? He turns to Finn. When you wandered into the house, Finn, did you see me place anything into my bag? I did not. It seems to me that perhaps there's been somewhat of a misunderstanding. Someone has been posing as you and stealing things from other people's houses. People have been stealing? Yes. Posing as the Candle King? Yes. And that is why the three of you tried to stop me from delivering my gifts. Yes. Yes. So, Grendel, perhaps you all aren't quite as naughty as I originally believed. No, we are not. Probably not. Maybe Grendel was. But... Maybe just a little bit. I mean, you know, I did go out and kill a turkey. But... <laughs> well, well, we have a little bit of a problem, he says, leaning over on his hammer. I'm not sure if I can just let the three of you go now that you know that, well, I exist. Why not? We're able to keep a secret. I'm not sure I can just trust that you'll do that. After all, you did hurt my kitty. You know that we only did it because we thought you were the imposter. He says that in the little stuffed animal. Candlebell's cat gets up and just saunters over toward him and the little bell on his neck is like, ring, 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 ring. Candlebells is about family and friendship and goodness. And while the three of you have been a touch aggressive, 
Perhaps I can forgive it just this once. Thank you very much. I might can forgive you for trying to attack us. Touche. <laughs> he starts laughing, and as he does, the ground sort of starts pushing you guys back up to your feet. Well. And he says, I'll tell you what. If you three can promise to never speak of this place, then perhaps I'll let you go just this once. It's good to know that there are some people out there who are willing to stand up for what's good and right in the world, even if you are a bit mm, unorthodox. What's that mean? It means you do things in a weird way, you know, like storming the castle of the friendliest and most jovial and loving person in all of Manumi and trying to kill him and his cat. We only did that because we thought that you were the imposter. We were just trying to save the town. But would the imposter have been able to transport you to such a magical realm? You never know because a lot of people around here know spells and have a, the ability to do stuff like that. He could have been an evil wizard. You know, now that you say it like that, it does kind of make sense. This is Dungeons and Dragons after all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I guess I should send you all back to Kurtz's village. Can you fix all of the buildings? Oh, the buildings are all fine. That was just a little bit of magical flair. I'll tell you what, I'll transport you back to the Northern Knights Inn, and I think you might find that the imposter, uh, maybe he's already been captured. How did you find out who he was? Oh, I have a way of knowing things. Or did you forget, Fred? Remember, spiders can't really hurt you unless they're giant. <laughs> Which in this realm they are. <laughs> Sometimes. And he reaches down to his waist and he pulls up a little bell and he starts ringing it back and forth over his shoulder. And as he does, everything starts to sort of shimmer. The ground turns to snow. You all fall into snowy quicksand and you land in the middle of the common room of the Northern Knights Inn. Sitting there on your tuchus in the Northern Knights Inn, you look over by the fireplace, and there by the fireplace, there's a large candle burning in the window, and the window is pushed open, and just inside are three presents. <gasps> one is green, one is gray, and one is blue, and they each have a name on them. One says Fred, one says Finn, and one says Grendel. Happy candle bells, everyone. <laughs> that was the best. That was awesome. That was so fun. Merry Christmas. And a happy new year. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas.